court side of the virtual hardwood, it's the FYC Podcast. This is episode number 460. I am Andrew, Andrew in our forum, and Andrew NLSC on Twitter. I'm joined as always by my co-host Derek. He is Deep3 in our forum, and also on Twitter at Deeper3G and Deeper384. Derek, we didn't get a chance to connect on Pastic and Play this week, but still plenty to talk about. What's on your mind? I'll tell you what's on my mind. Uh, there is a gentleman by the handle at Jumpman underscore germ on Twitter, who's been posting comparisons side by side between NBA 2K14 and NBA 2K23 for PS5. And the first video that he showed was LeBron James going in for a dunk. It's the same dunk, the patented LeBron James cock back with one hand. The tomahawk, dunk yep, that, yep. Yeah, the most, the most common one. And the second video was Kobe doing his signature fadeaway. And it's really interesting looking at the comments um, because what you're going to see is that pretty much everybody thinks that NBA 2K14 looks quite a bit better um, from a graphical standpoint, you know, jersey movement, jersey textures, lighting, um, the way the player looks in general. And then many are also saying the animation looks better. But on the most recent Kobe video, the top comment is from TJ, and he states, I low-key like the 14 one better in this comparison. And it has 635 likes. And these tweets are picking up traction. And it still blows me away how much better 2K14 looks in so many ways still than the PS5 Xbox Series X version of NBA 2K23. It's it's like the jersey movement. It's the lighting. It's the reflections. It's the way the courts look. You mentioned how the New York Knicks court looks. It's not the official Mad- – they, they didn't have the rights to Madison Square Garden. But as far as the court, the colors, the reflections, the, 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 the stadium in general, it just looks so much better on – NBA 2K14. And you had a highlight in the top 10 plays of the week uh, this week. And it was from 2K14. You drive baseline with your my player and you do an adjusted reverse layup. It looks awesome, but it just stands out in the top 10 because NBA 2K14 looks so good. So I wanted to ask you your feelings on these videos. So NBA 2K14 came out in 2013. So that's, you know, coming up on 10 years ago. Yeah. At this point. Um, does it blow your mind that 2K14 looks so much better in so many different ways than 2K23 on the virtual hardwood? Well, first of all, uh, a couple of things. I'm I'm glad that this is happening because this means the algorithm is going to be nice to my 2K14 content, potentially. So that's nice. Uh, also, it makes me feel uh, less uh, weird about sticking with 2K14 over 2K23. But uh, although, as you know, I will definitely go back to an old favorite, so <laughs> I don't have too much shame there. But but no, it doesn't surprise me because if you make that comparison, as we've, as we've talked about before, you do see that 2K14 holds its own against releases that came after it even 2k15 people as much as great of a game as 2k15 is and, and we do need to talk about that game in in greater depth at some point as we've uh, said before that people the were game is 
It is, yeah, gameplay from a gameplay lacks. standpoint, it absolutely is. But people did, and of course, it brought back roster editing and brought in my league and brought in some features that were missing from 2K14, which is which is the biggest knock on 2K14 next gen as it was then, PS4, Xbox One. It brought back those features. Uh, but from a gameplay standpoint, 2K14 absolutely holds up as well. And visually, people still hold that in high esteem. It, it's, it's still the bar, I think, Derek, all these years later. Ten years later, almost ten years later, as you said, people are still looking at that and saying, that looks fantastic. And I'm also heartened to see that because, as you know, a lot of people say, oh, you only, want, you only like the old games because of nostalgia. But people are starting to look back at these old games and realize there was something to them. Visually, they, they achieved that high level, as 2K14 did. But if you actually ever can play them on the sticks, they feel great too. Right, and you've talked about that as far as um, what you enjoy more gameplay-wise. Like, you love the post-game in NBA 2K14, just the feel of it and being able to spin off your guy the way that you can um, and, you know, basically have more, more control in the post. And then, you know, we've talked about being able to stop on a dime and pull up and just the overall better foot planning in that game, less suction, uh, you know, less canned animations. Like, I don't prefer NBA 2K14 over 2K23 for nostalgia or for any of the wrong reasons. I prefer it because it's a better visual and gameplay experience for me. It's definitely more sound on the sticks and it's definitely more fun to play competitively, whether it's against the computer or it's against another human and whatnot. It's just, it, sure, it's not even close to as deep as NBA 2K23. It doesn't have the depth. Um, it doesn't have as many classic teams. It doesn't have, um, you know, all the my NBA enhancements. It doesn't have... Um, you know, the ability to relocate your team, like what was brought in on NBA 2K16 and create your jerseys and courts and all of that stuff. But at the end of the day, when it comes to in between the lines, action and look, NBA 2K14 more than holds holds its own. And some of the other comments on both of the videos were almost comments of the frustration, like displaying frustration, stating, you know, how have they not improved? since then visually right especially because we're on new consoles um how why are the jersey physics and jersey look superior why is the lighting superior on 2k14 why like why haven't we gone forward well i think it comes down to one word derek focus they're focusing on different things it's not about that authenticity anymore although there is a lot of authenticity and impressive detail in my nba eras for example and certainly there are faces that are a lot better than they were in 2k14 i, I can uh, i can vouch for that having played a lot of 2k14 over the last uh, couple of years but the focus is not there on making that authentic nba game it's about getting all these rewards in in my career and my team and and the recurrent revenue mechanics and everything and I, it sounds like we're de- beating a dead horse but the fact of the matter is when you focus on those elements and the live service content and the my player experience you don't get that same attention to detail in other areas and sometimes sometimes i've seen games go backwards in these uh, in these areas before if you remember Derek the early 2000s uh, nba lives there was some primitive um, and the rudimentary facial animations by the end of that generation nba live didn't have those facial animations anymore right exactly and i think that's where the frustration comes is you know we you know over the years from co- from generation to generation in the past we saw improvements right like big improvements like the the, the jump from 2k13 to 2k14 next gen from 
a graphical standpoint is huge. Like I still think 2K13 looks good, but they really wowed us. That's you the know, thing as well, yeah. That, that huge jump. I don't, 4. Yeah, I don't think yeah, they've been able to, Yeah, they haven't been able to replicate that since in any of the in in any games right. or certainly the next generation jump most recently. Right. And well the same thing too with PS2 to Xbox 360, right? Sure. Like that or PS2 to PS3, like huge jump graphically. Um and you felt like you could do more in the PS3 um gen games as well as far as on the sticks they were making enhancements and whatnot and then ps1 to ps2 was a monster jump you could see that jump you it's it's clear clear as day so yeah i can see where people are you know a little frustrated with that um i know that when i put on nba 2k 14 just the on-court action screams excitement it's exciting. Like, I think you can agree. Like when you jump on the floor with my player and the, you know, the crowds more into it, just the, the overall lighting in the arena, um, the feeling of, you know, when you attack the basket and make a big player, you make a big shot, the crowd's reaction and everything like NBA 2K 14 is just so full of life. And it just makes it so fun to jump on the virtual hardwood as a result. Well, you know, you bring up presentation, and obviously 2K23 has some very impressive presentation, but sometimes more is less and less is more. And you have more commentators, for example, in 2K23, which is fantastic. But some of them, as we've discussed before, are not very good, and that takes away from the experience. Right. Also, I want to point out that the halftime highlights on NBA 2K14, I know it's Damon Bruce presenting, who I thought was awesome. Let's be honest, like his delivery is amazing. Um, I know that they have, you know, Shaq, Kenny and Ernie Johnson in the studio on the newer games. But the halftime highlights are just not as good as they were from a presentation standpoint, in my opinion, as they were on 2K14 when Damon Bruce was talking about him. So, yeah, you know, I my opinion is, is that the focus really went away from improving the on-court action for all modes, you know, making it great for all modes, improving um, graphics to make them, you know, more realistic and more lively. And instead, because the focus is not on those, it's more about how can we get people online, right? Yes, how many absolutely. artificial boosts can we have that people that, yep. that we can we add that people will like? Um, how can we get people into my team? Let's put all this flashy stuff in front of them in the form of, um, you know, cards and and all of this stuff and the way things look and like presentation wise and the menus and all of that stuff. But when it comes down to like between the lines gameplay and enhancements graphically, I, I think the gameplays regressed in multiple ways i've talked about it before like if you go back and i know you've been playing 2k14 the 2k14 shooting mechanics are better yeah. than nba 2k3 i, 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 I don't miss i don't miss not having a green release in 2k14 i thought i would but i don't right but yeah so like 2k14 shooting mechanics are they make more sense the release points make more sense all of that stuff and like i've talked about the the post game the being able to stop on a dime and shoot all of that stuff. Like, I don't think the gameplay has improved since then. I think it's gone backwards um, or declined. And I don't think the graphics are as appealing or the atmosphere. And I'm seeing these people go back and, and make those comparisons. And it is very heartening to see. And it really speaks to how 
all this stuff about, oh, it's just nostalgia, everything new is better, etc. It's really subscribing to that thought, to that, that line of thinking that everything new is always better, which historically <laughs> there's plenty of innovations or attempted innovations over the years that have proved that uh, incorrect. But people don't go back and compare these games as some people, as some of us do, as you and I do, and others in the community go back and play these games and notice the the ways that the newer games have regressed or features that have been lost or the way that VC earnings have been changed to be less fair. And I think 2K is kind of counting on that at times. In fact, I'm, I'm quite sure they are counting on that at times for people to forget that this was actually good or this was fairer to the consumer when it comes to the VC and whatnot. But absolutely, we have seen some regression there in the gameplay a lot of it does come down to the boosts, as you said. There are signature skills in 2K14, and and some of them you could question whether they should have been there. And there was there was a couple of exploits around that time. Uh, signature skills came in around 2K13, I believe, and there was that exploit with the acrobat skill where you could uh, do a, a euro step on the perimeter and hit threes every single time. So there were issues back then, but it's gotten worse with all the artificial boosts since then. Yeah, you know, on NBA 2K14, if I put that on. I know that if I can test the computer, they're not going to miss 100% of their shots. Yes. Yeah. My, my brother and I, when we're playing against the computer, using Legends or not, we're holding the computer to the, such a low percentage from the field. It's so unrealistic and stupid, and it's because they miss every single contested shot. And then on NBA 2K14, if somebody's late closing out on me and I make a good play, I feel like I can hit that shot, and I can hit that shot in that game but if there's a closeout on nba 2k 23 and the guy is even if he's late the your chances of hitting that shot are like zero percent it's like almost none because of the way the shooting mechanics work and the way the closeout mechanics and contested mechanics work um they've just gone away from realism in the basketball video games which is why i said that um when you play NBA, when we play NBA 2K23, we can't play it competitively, seriously against each other. Like we can't go head to head and have a good experience. It's a fr super frustrating experience, and you end up feeling like you have to like try to cheese the game in order to really do anything, and then you're not being competitive as a result. So, like, here's the thing I want to point out though, and we've talked about it before, and we talked about it on our definitive NBA 2K23 review. We've played it, and we like certain things about it as far as nba 2k 23 i got my money's worth with no, that I, I agree yeah same yeah my, yeah my brother and i are 62 games now into a my nba um co-op using legends against the computer and so we're almost done a full season and it's 12 minute quarters and we're playing every game and i'm taking highlights of every game and some videos are going to go up soon on the youtube showing some of those highlights i've played a few divisions now in my team and i've uploaded those highlights as well but that doesn't mean that we can't critique the game. That doesn't mean that the game still doesn't have some issues and some major issues as well that, you know, impact the, the user's experience and whatnot. So I just want to make it clear that I've played the game. I've said I've gotten my money's worth, but critiques still need to be present. Oh, absolutely. And this is something else that we should always push back on because there are people who will be apologists. They will be shills. They will say it, it is just nostalgia or you're just hating or you're expecting too much. But expecting value for money is, is not expecting too much. Uh, criticizing uh, predatory behavior is, is not unfounded. So, yeah, it's something we should always push back on this uh, defending defending the game to, uh, to ridiculous points. I mean, certainly defend it against any kind of 
ridiculous criticism, unfounded criticism, as always. That, that's just the way constructive criticism is supposed to work. But uh, I don't like this pushing back and the, the whole, oh, you're just whining, the get good, you know, to use the term that I love so much. Uh, th- th- all, all that nonsense. Yeah, we, we should be able to point out these issues and make comparisons to previous games because there are aspects that previous games did better. There are also aspects, as you said, that 2K23 does better than 2K14, naturally, because there are, there are some technological advancements, there's more content, etc. But 2K14, I think people are really starting to uh, to realize what what just what a landmark release it was. They're looking back, especially with it being the 10-year anniversary coming up. I, I think there is that, uh, maybe the nostalgia drives people to look back, but once they look back, they do see a fantastic product. Right, NBA 2K23 does a few things better. Um, contact alley-oops contact dunks they do but those two better you can drop step dunk in nba 2k23 you cannot do that in nba 2k14 uh the right stick usage as far as like choosing which side of the rim you you're going to finish on all of that stuff that is superior in nba 2k23 so we're not saying that everything is better in nba 2k14 we're saying that the on-court experience oftentimes can just be flat out better from a presentation standpoint, you know, visually, atmosphere-wise, and then gameplay-wise. And there is absolutely nothing wrong with stating that. Another thing that NBA 2K23 does that you you really can't do on 2K14 is, like, jump-stop dunks and spin moves, um, like, right into a dunk and stuff like that. Like, there's definitely been enhancements that are fun on NBA 2K23. But in my opinion, the whole gameplay experience Nothing is more important than player movement. Nothing's more important than good foot planning, than less suction, than less canned animations. There's nothing more important than um, control. And I think that 2K23 and shooting, by the way, we're talking about basketball video games, Andrew. Shooting is very important. There's hundreds, you know, there's over 100 shots that go up every single game. But um, yeah, like there's nothing more important than having control and just like a great, gameplay experience well to that point if you wanted to say that 2k14 provides a more enjoyable superior experience on the sticks you could argue that i mean there are definitely things you couldn't argue depth etc that are better in 2k14 as you said there are aspects of the gameplay with the uh, with, with shot control and so forth that they have improved in the years since but i mean I, i'm the reason i'm playing 2k14 yes i'm very much into this my career and the idea of actually playing through a full career and, and hitting all these milestones and i've actually just uh, got the 15th and final uh, hall of fame uh, milestone that i need well actually you only need 10 out of the 15 but, but i wanted to go for a completionist route and uh, get the uh, get all 15 and i have now having uh, achieved that uh, fifth all-star selection in, in year five that I, i'm playing it because it does feel so good on the sticks it, it is so enjoyable with with the my career mode in particular i'm not beholden to a story yes there is a story in 2k14 the, f- the first year of the story in fact but it, w- it wasn't as intrusive after the first especially after the first year the game the story kind of comes from the gameplay and having these generated rookies and giving them nicknames i'll be writing an article about that very soon actually it's uh, set to go up and uh this this imagination and the immersiveness of the experience is superior to these predetermined story points and plot points in 2k23 and restricting the user and you have and you've got to replay missions like as like as gta you know if you, if you don't get a certain uh 
a teammate grade and so forth in, in, in certain games, uh, which I think is just a, a terrible way of doing it. To, to erase progress by not reaching a certain goal uh, and not being able to branch the story or anything like that. Such a, such a mistake for a basketball video game and, and obviously the introduction of the neighborhood and everything. And, and look, we can go back to 2K14, Derek, and we can see... Uh, hints of what was to come, the clothing and everything, and, and the playground, the original park, and, and so forth. But it was just done so much better. And it's such a, a great experience on the sticks. And yeah, I, I still will dust off 2K23 and, and play that from time to time. But at the moment, 2K14 is back in the rotation because it is that much fun. So before we move on from NBA 2K14, let's talk about the two videos that are going up on the NLSE YouTube over the next few days. They're related to Terry Hansen, um, your favorite video game basketball character of all time. The legend. And yes. And a guy I hadn't heard from heard of before. Um, Eldon Jennings. Mm. Uh, I had never heard of him before and you showed me some highlights and needless to say, I'm impressed, but let's talk about those, uh, those two, two K 14 videos that are going up. Yeah. So last July, I think it was, it's, this is how far I pushed back these projects, but last July I posted, that video about uh, Sergei Kursov, who has a is playing for the Celtics, playing for your Celtics, Derek, and has a Clippers tattoo <laughs> because some of the randomly assigned tattoos for the generated rookies in 2K14 also include the NBA logo tattoos, which you can get for your my player, and they look very weird. Uh, in fact, actually, Terry Hansen has a Bulls tattoo. Um, maybe that's foreshadowing where we should both end up in this uh, my career. But I, I did that, that video because I thought it was a funny story. And I thought, you know what? As I'm doing the 2K14 highlights, obviously, on our YouTube channel, I'm doing my story thread where I'm re- recapping my progress in the forum. You can check that out in our story section, stories on the virtual hardwood in the NLC forum, forums.mba-live.com. But I thought for the YouTube channel, why not tell some more stories about players like Terry Hansen and other events that, that have uh, taken place in my career uh, in the past and moving forward and just do a just quick videos, minute to minute to 90 seconds, maybe two minutes tops, just telling a bit of a story about some of these players and showing some highlights. I, I thought that would be fun. And I was able to smooth out the footage to 60 FPS. Yes. Which I love the fact that you're all over 60 FPS now since you got your Elgato and whatnot. And I think I'm just floored at how good those videos came out. You did such a great job with your narration. Um, All the close-ups look awesome, oftentimes breathtaking because 2K14 just looks so good from a broadcast view, from the 2K view, or even just like right close up like those you know, those videos are. And yeah, I, I think people are going to love them. And I'm really glad that you're still into this game and you're just playing what you want. You're not doing the grind anymore. You're not frustrated with basketball gaming. So yeah, this is really cool to see. Oh yeah. I'm so glad I left that all behind. And I, I definitely appreciate you uh, smoothing out that footage. Uh, unfortunately for those two players, I only had old captures uh, to work with. Uh, not taken with the new Elgato, so uh, yeah, I, I didn't want to put them up there. If I like in that condition, if I could avoid that in, in 30 FPS, so you uh, help definitely help me out there with uh, with the post production. Yeah, I'm looking forward to having those go live and uh, seeing the response. Before we go on, a reminder that the NLSC podcast comes out every week on the NLSC mb-live.com as well as our YouTube channel. We're also on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and other podcast apps. If you're listening on any of those apps, we'd greatly appreciate a review. To keep up with the show and everything we're doing with basketball gaming in general, connect with us on social media. On Twitter and Facebook, we are The NLSC. 
We also have an Instagram, NLSC Basketball, and on YouTube, we're youtube.com slash NBA Live Series Center. Once again, visit us at nba-live.com, where in addition to the podcast, you'll also find all of our original content, as well as our forum and modding community. So, Andrew, I got to talk about NBA 2K19 for a moment. So, I finally got back into modding, like, legit into it. And it's been a little bit, because, as you know, I had released my NBA 2K17 Ultimate Classic Teams roster. And um, it was V3 of that. I did that, I want to say, a couple of years ago. And I've dabbled in a cyber face here or there or for the last couple of games. And I've done some conversions to past 2Ks, etc. But I haven't really got into like a roster modding project for a while. It's been a while, yeah. Yeah. However, I got super motivated to make an NBA 2K19 Ultimate Fantasy Draft roster. Mm. And this roster is going to have like the no duplicates all the best players of all time and then um you know players like ricky davis darius miles players that you know sometimes are not in like the regular rosters maybe they're in the hidden files or maybe they were made by the community all of that stuff and you know by the time it's over i'm probably going to have like i don't know 500 different players in this roster. So like I've been pulling the players from the all-time teams, from the classic teams and whatnot, pulling players from um Stildo's amazing retro season mods. So from you know 1986 to 1995. And the beauty of that is you can get guys in the game who have accurate cyber faces that were made by somebody on the 2K19, you know, roster making team, somebody like Calvin Chan and stuff. You can and and get those guys in the fantasy draft roster and they look amazing. And so like Orlando Woolridge, right? He's not in the game by default, but there's an amazing lifelike cyber face that was made for him by Kelvin Chan. And um, he'll obviously get credits in the thread, but I'm going to be able to put Woolridge in that draft roster. But then I'm also taking from uh, Mau Mau's uh, 99, 2000, 96, 97 and 03, that he created. I've already gotten uh, permission from I.M. Escobar Lopez to use the cyber faces he made from those rosters. So obviously, Mao Mao is going to get credit. He'll get credit. But I'm also pulling players from those eras. So, like, this draft roster is just going to be so complete. And I know that you're not into fantasy drafts, really. You've you've always wanted to take a team into like my NBA or my league or um, and whatnot in and like build them and do realistic trades and all of that stuff. But there are a lot of people out there that are super into fantasy drafts. Oh, definitely. Including um, Stildo 33 um, as well. But I've been converting faces from the newer 2Ks to 2K19. So faces from 2K20, 2K21, 2K22 backwards to 2K19. And then I've been, you know, picking those players from those rosters that I mentioned and everything and from the default roster, it's just coming together so nicely, and I think it's going to be great to release that to the community. I have no doubt, and I love that you're so enthusiastic about it. I can hear it in your voice, that uh, how much fun you're having with the project. And sometimes you do need to take a break from those bigger projects to, to recharge, because they are a huge undertaking. But as you mentioned, a lot of people are sharing their work with you to use in those rosters, and that is so important in a modern community. I know there are people who want to have some 
control over their work. And look, I in the past when I was doing the NBA Live updates back in the day, the NBA Live uh, current roster updates with the NLC branded ones, that I, I was reluctant to let people uh, use them as a base for their rosters, uh, their their current roster updates, because quite often people would basically sit back and wait for me to create all the players and everything. And oh, can I take your rosters and I'll just make some edits and uh, re-release? And I'm thank you for sitting back and letting me do all the hard work. So I was always a little bit reluctant to do that. It's it's something I've kind of changed my mind about over the years because I've come to see the value of uh, of open source and that kind of cooperation, especially when so many people were helping out with jersey updates and faces and courts and so forth. But it just goes to show that cooperation is so important to make these mods, these big mods, as, as good as they can be. And and yes, I mean, it's probably not my cup of tea as far as franchise modes, but I still love the idea of those fancy rosters. I love the idea of anyone doing what they're passionate about with modding and making a roster project that speaks to them. Yeah, and that's that's the thing is, we should never gatekeep people's experiences as long as they're not hurting anybody else. And we've talked about that numerous times before. And, you know, some of the ways I like to play, you're not a, you know, you're not a huge fan of, um, as far as like, it's not your type of gameplay style, but then there's also some ways that you play. That is something that, you know, I probably wouldn't dabble in as often as you do. Online? But the point is, is <laughs> that we're both having fun. Oh no. Yeah. I stay away from that completely. completely. Yeah. I, stay, yeah. I, I, I always stay away from, the online yeah. scene um but yeah this this is great and i mean obviously attributes uh, tendencies signatures badges all of that stuff are going to be edited um for each player and that's one of the beauties of 2k right there are just so many editing options and you got to give them credit for that I mean, we have the import, export, player DNA. We can edit signatures, badges, um, attributes, tendencies, vitals, um, contracts, uh, accessories. You know, you name it, you can edit it. Um, and, like, they deserve credit for that. And the fact, too, that we've been able to mod the games for all of these years and add our own art and everything. And, sure, there's been instances where things have been taken down, but you know what? They're still letting us mod these games. And I think that's great as well. Uh, so, yeah, and I also want to thank uh, Luya, um, who created NBA 2K19 Tools, which is an amazing application that makes roster modding and editing and whatnot just so much easier. And he's been such a great resource to the community. Um, hats off to him. No, definitely. I mean, look how much he's helped out with, uh, with 2K23 and, of course, other 2Ks in recent years, but just... Having that person in the community who can make those tools and is willing to make them available free of charge and and so forth is, is just so important. It, it's what our, our community was founded upon. It's why we're still here over 20 years later, over 25 years later, in fact. So, no, hats off to Luya, absolutely. So when I do release that roster, there will be obviously a whole section for credits and whatnot. But feedback is also important. So. Once you download that roster, it won't be released for another month or so. But once you download that, um, any feedback you can give me on the thread and the forum, that would be great. And speaking of uh, modding developments, uh, nothing really to announce on, on my end at this time, although I am looking to dabble here and there. Actually, one thing I want to do, Derek, is uh, fix up some of my old rosters that are already out there, just just to kind of do a, not a director's cut, I suppose, but just fix, do, fix up some issues that I've noticed in our sessions and just put them out there and uh, maybe include some more faces with the... Uh, the 96 roster for Live 2001, for example, because back in the day uh, on dial-up, trying to <laughs> distribute a big roster on dial-up, you couldn't make it uh, the uh, archive too big because uh, 
uploading and downloading was an issue with that uh, with those file sizes. But some just uh, revamping some projects here and there as I look to to really get back into it this year. But I also want to give a shout out to uh, username my name is dirty in the forum has just uh, signed up and shared some uh, updated cheat engine tables for roster editing for NBA 2K16. So that's always cool to see. I some saw old, that old resources. I'm, you know, yeah. I'm excited about that. Yeah, you know, I'm excited about 2K16 modding tools because I mod it. I still play it. Exactly. And yeah. that game's great. So, yeah, no, I was excited to see that. No, and, and shout out to him for uh, for uh, for doing that because, yeah, we, we don't always see these uh, resources being made for these older games. Uh, sometimes the, the resources weren't always available for those games at the time. But that one, the, those uh, cheat engine tables for the roster editing, uh, they are updated as of the, the final patch as far as I can see. So, yeah, I've, I've downloaded them. I'll have to give them a go myself. Yeah, I just want to let our audience know that Andrew is pretty funny when it comes to using his own rosters. Um, he is not afraid to give himself a quick pat on the back as far as accuracy. He's like, I made this roster 15 or 20 years ago, and look how accurate this is. And I agree with you. It's amazing. Uh, but then he's also the same person who will be like throwing his head in his hands and being like, oh, my God, how did I miss that? Lose that dunk package. Like, That's how, wrong. <laughs> yeah. Like, why is – yeah, exactly. Why is that guy's – his that dunk package is wrong. That dunk assignment is wrong. Or you'll be like, oh, my God, is that the wrong – that player of the wrong number? Or this player shouldn't be starting or something like that. Like, you will absolutely call yourself out too but i think it was nba live 99 that we no, it, nba live 96 that we were playing we were playing one of your rosters and you said to me you were like i'm proud of this roster <laughs> yeah you're like i'm proud of this roster this 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 roster um really plays well it works. like and i forgot that i put this much work into it and stuff the other one too that you were pretty proud about and i agreed that it was awesome was nba live 2004 the 95 96 roster yes and you and i connected on that where um you use the suns i want to say um and, the heat. yes yeah that's right and i was the heat right now i was the heat and just the the art in the mod the the way the players played and everything it was just super accurate and i know you were proud of that one so it is it is cool though to revisit some of your own mods even like years later and stuff and be like wow i did that like i i put all of that work into it and hey this roster is pretty awesome oh definitely and i think sometimes with those bigger projects especially those uh, the 96 season rosters uh, in particular for 2001 and 2004 by the time i finished them a new game was on the horizon, so I was—I didn't get to play with them as much as I worked on them. So going back all these years later and making them part of my retro gaming has has just made that retro gaming even more fun than it already was going to be. So I, I really enjoyed that. Yeah, and Parsec opened up the avenue of us revisiting them together. Exactly. So, yeah. I mean, that's it's always better to have a shared experience. And that's the beauty of Parsec is, you know, if you want to show off one of the mods that you worked on, you know I'm not going to turn it down because I like the game that you're choosing and that you made the mod for. So we get to have a fun experience on the sticks and I get to see all the work that you did and vice versa if I wanted to show you something. So yeah, the beauty of Parsec is the fact that we can have these shared uh, these shared experiences. And shout out to uh, to Murat, formerly known as Badger, in the forum. He provided a lot of uh, new art updates for the 96 roster for 2004 that I was able to replace some of the ones that had been made a, bit, uh, a few years earlier. New faces, a couple of jerseys and courts he fixed up as well. And he's all, he's currently looking to do a, a My NBA Eras project for Live 06 PC that's uh, coming together quite nicely. And uh, yeah, I'll have to see what I can do. You know, Shout out to you, Murat. Uh, I haven't been able to provide anything at this time apart from 
kind words of support, and which I absolutely will uh, offer up because it's some some great work being done there. But it's it's cool to see those games being uh, modded all these years later, and I'm all for it because retro gaming, retro basketball gaming, it's it is still a niche interest within it, within basketball gaming as a as a whole. But there, there's more. We're seeing more enthusiasm for it, Derek, and which I love. And I think if we do, if we can update these games with some new rosters or new projects of any kind, uh, people are going to want to revisit these games, and, and rightfully so. I have been keeping such a close eye on that NBA Live 06 project by Murat slash Badger um, for the fact that he was able to basically convert data from NBA 2K14 PC, from like UBR, URB rosters, et cetera, convert it backwards to NBA Live 06. I think he like created a script and whatnot. And I saw some footage of mid-80s action. I want to say it was Lakers versus Celtics or something like that. And it looked absolutely amazing and super accurate. And when those rosters are done, I might be the first person that downloads them. Um, I'm, so I'm super excited for that. I also wanted to give a quick shout out to um, Juicy Shackme, um, who let us know on the Discord that he picked up four new games recently. He picked up NBA 2K10 for PlayStation 3, NBA 2K14, which I know you love, for PlayStation 4. Uh, he also picked up NBA 2K23 for PS5 and NBA 2K16 for ps4 so those are some excellent pickups excellent titles and he's really been growing his collection and i love to see that i mean i picked up some new games through uh 2022 uh for me a lot of the games i was picking up last year Derek, were, were filling in gaps in the in the collection usually on other platforms like the the ps2 releases of nba 2k uh because before that i had the up to two up to espn nba 2k5 on ps2 and then i went to uh 360 and uh and ps3 uh, I'd collected those ones, but I, I went back and filled in the gaps with the remaining PS2 games, and and I want to go back and, and uh, cover 2K11 for PS2 because I've talked about that a lot. The PC version, the 360, PS3 version is basically the same. Obviously, I've covered that a lot in Way Back Wednesday, but that PS2 version of 2K11 is is kind of interesting how they try to get some of that Jordan content in there on that last gen version so that it's kind of overlooked because of course we're focusing on the pc version in our community and the wider community is looking at the what was then the latest generation ps3 and 360 but that ps2 version is uh is kind of interesting yeah i think people um not started souring on it but kind of just got a little sick of the 2k ps2 gameplay by the time 2k11 for ps2 was released uh the gameplay really didn't show any improvement from 2k6 to 2k11 on the ps2 it's basically just like yeah yeah, it wasn't a priority it's basically is like basically the same thing every year so um i don't think it got as much attention as maybe it could have as if they had made like actual enhancements to the gameplay but by then they were like knee deep in the xbox 360 and ps3 and those were the dominant consoles um i actually got i have to bring this up andrew remember your whole announcement that you could use my NBA eras in play now. Remember the debug menu? Oh yes, yes. And you remember how they had they, they they patched it out within twelve hours, right? Yeah. Like they patched out like within twelve hours. Your video had to be taken down, all that fun stuff. But now we just received an announcement. I sent you the tweet. We received an announcement on NBA two K twenty three that for season four, they're officially adding 
my NBA errands to play now. So now it's like an actual option. Excellent news. However, I guess somebody pointed out that you will not be able to use custom rosters. That that is a shame. Yeah. No, I haven't tested that myself. Yeah. 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 Like I haven't, I haven't been able to look at that myself. Um, I don't know uh, the validity of that, but if that's the case, that's, pretty disappointing because you do have the option of editing those rosters yes yes right so if you can edit them you should be able to load them into like the play now experience and this kind of goes back to the issue where you can't load a roster for freestyle like you can't load a custom roster for freestyle anymore and somebody else told me that the ability to load a roster has also been removed from other 2ku features and whatnot maybe even blacktop i'm not even sure actually i'm not even sure if you could load a custom roster into blacktop anyway but um yeah it's disappointing when they take that type of functionality out of the game it it is it makes me wonder what's happening behind the scenes as far as the uh the ui because of course a lot of the missing features in 2k14 to go back to that very quickly uh, a lot of those features were apparently limited or not present because of problems with the uh, the back end of the uh, of the ui so it could be a situation like that uh, I, i'm thinking that this is probably just a, a a more attractive access to that debug menu that they've patched in with this uh with season four adding this functionality and uh, that's why there is no no added functionality of loading those custom rosters. Uh, th- th- as you say, though, that is an overarching problem with 2K23, not being able to load those rosters in those modes, not being able to load rosters on PC offline as well. That's another issue that we've touched on before, and it definitely affects our community and what <laughs> what, what kind of modding is going to be happening happening uh, in the years to come, although people do, do often move on to new games these days with the modding. But yeah, that is kind of a downer, obviously, and it's it's something we need to suggest to possibly fix. And if they are going to give us this access moving forward, which I hope they do, then that definitely needs to be an option across all modes, obviously. But certainly, since you can edit the My NBA Era's rosters, it should be you should be able to load them, uh, load custom rosters with the My NBA Era's Play Now. What what they're doing there? But I, I am glad that they have added it. And uh, yeah, it, it's something that was that should be, was going to be on the wish list for them to add next year. But the fact they've got that in there uh, already, uh, I do like that. But yeah, that is that is kind of a shame. So my opinion on the matter is the reason why this waited until season four is because we talked about it in the first week of the game coming out when we recorded, I think, the first podcast. It was either the first or second podcast after the game had come out. And we talked about how unbelievably incomplete the My NBA Era's rosters were. How some players only had like a few real players on it as far as like cyber faces, and then the rest were just created cyber faces or just created players' fakes. Incorrect rosters, yeah. Like they were cluttered. Like, yeah, like the incorrect art for a lot of the teams and whatnot, just rushed ratings, tendencies, badges, signatures, all of that stuff. And my opinion is is the reason this waited till season four is because remember there was a huge cyberface update to the my nba errors rosters recently yes. lots of retro they, and razor updates, was yeah. showing a lot of the faces yeah razor was showing a lot of the faces and whatnot they added a ton of faces to the rosters looks like they touched up some things um on the rosters maybe listen to some of the community's advice on certain things to fix and whatnot and now that the rosters are more complete they're willing to put these, make these rosters available in play now, so you can just access them without setting up an entire 
my NBA era. That's right? a solo theory. So, yeah. So I really think I really and that's a disappointing because it means that the game like that feature was re, re, um, marketed like crazy. Right. But it was released incomplete. I mean, that's the story of uh, 2K's life with the when it comes to rosters. right, yeah, right. And I'm not trying to be negative here, but it's pretty obvious that this is the case. Well, again, it's, um, it's fair to call and, these things out. I mean, it's great that it's been added. Right. And look, I, I'm of the mind that because there's a lot of people that would when things go missing or they're not added, and when they finally get added, people say, "Oh, about time." And I've been that way too over the years. But over the years as well, I've come to think, well, it's it's a fair thing to say, but at the same time. You know, credit where it's due for adding it finally, and I'm glad that it's there. And with this feature, right? It's great. We I'm talked glad, about yeah, how I'm, great the idea yeah. of it is. Yeah, and I'm glad it's that amazing. it's. I'm glad that it's here, and I'm glad that they've added this. You know, better late than never. This access to the to play now rosters to, to play now mode with the retro rosters. It's that's great that it has been added. It has. We haven't had to wait until next year. I mean, we talk about old games and new games, Derek. Back in the day, something like this, that would have to wait until next year, right? That wouldn't get patched in back in the day. In the days when we only got a couple of patches per year, if we were lucky, we probably wouldn't get access to this. Right, but they wouldn't have released it incomplete to begin with. I mean, there's, there's that's all, there is also that, there's then, that too, yeah. There's, yeah, there's yeah they wouldn't thing. have released a roster. They wouldn't have released rosters with only like three real players or five sure, real players. Sure. Or something like that. Like that wouldn't have existed. So I think that's the problem well, well, there today. Is, there is, is there's so much... There's so much. Well, there's so much. Basically, they can lean on patching, right? True, they can say, "Well, we'll true. get to it. We'll 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 get to the to it later, um, etc." And I think that that's that stinks a lot of times for the consumer because oftentimes what they what was marketed, what players, you know, what somebody may have bought the game for, isn't fully functional and you know and accurate or anything like that for m- months after they got the game. Or oh, after for, the game for, was originally sure, yeah. released, yeah. So I think that's that's the bummer and in reality, and that's the fair criticism. Like, like I say, I, I've kind of changed my mind about the uh, to, to to be more of a better late than never kind of attitude towards it, and being happy that it's there rather than being snarky that it took so long. But with that being said, there are a lot of valid criticisms about why it took so long, why uh, what why certain aspects weren't as good as they should have been at launch, uh, the the lack of transparency when they. Uh, when they modded out the when they, when they patched out rather the the debug menu and uh, when they didn't even mention and they didn't say oh look this we weren't supposed to get uh, access to that but we're working on giving you access the lack of communication and transparency those are the things we can criticize uh, and of course the lack of uh, custom rosters there could be a technical reason for that we don't we don't know uh, I would speculate that's definitely a possibility but uh, it, it is great that we do have that right, technical but- so supposedly te- technical issues that they didn't have with prior releases with like 2KU and freestyle and I all mean, that stuff and then all of a sudden they have it now like i i, I don't buy that I, uh, it's a decision well i'll just say that it's, I, it's it, in it, my it, opinion yeah. it's a decision i mean it's it, it probably is in, in large part a, a choice because we have seen them uh ha- have seen them make these decisions before absolutely uh, i do know that th- things can get messed up when when code is rewritten and then new new issues appear but i mean i suppose it's me giving the, the benefit of the doubt when uh when when by my own admission uh we we know that they haven't always been uh transparent with us so that that may be one may, may be naive on my part but whatever whatever the case that does need to change in the future but at the same time i am glad that they have actually have uh, added that feature in uh but yeah uh, more more transparency and honesty would be uh it would not go astray right 100 percent, absolutely
before we get to the regular mailbag, Andrew, um, you know, this week's mailbag, we had some responses to last week's mailbag that came in right after we were done recording the episode. So I know that you have those in front of you. And then the question that I, had, that I had posed to the community is what basketball video games were you playing in 2022 and what were you having the most fun with? So yeah, we do want to follow up on uh, some of the uh, submissions that came in after we finished recording. Uh, we do thank you so much for responding to that question and all of the mailbag prompts that Derek puts out. Uh, Ray says that uh, while I spent much more time modding it, a good portion of 2022 was spent on 2K20. Still working on the Olympic mod, and you can check that out in the forum, of course, uh, with the modding potential that 2K20 has, which having a mod that's unique to the game can actually make it special in your heart. And yes, when you do have a mod like that, we kind of touched on that earlier, actually, Derek, that it really enhances an older game, uh, 2K20, not a very old game at this point, but when you when you are working on a project like that and enhancing it with something new and, and freshening it up like that, it's, uh, yeah, it can be a lot of fun. 2K20 was heavily modded. And just take a look at Thundershack's rosters the single season rosters, which is very similar to the UBR, but he did rosters from the 2010s, 2000s, 1990s. I want to say he even went back to the 80s and whatnot with those. And he had Olympic teams in there, all-star teams, um, etc. So like, there were a lot of great tools made for 2K20, amazing cyber faces. I've been converting some of them for the 2K19 fantasy draft roster project that I'm working on. Um, there were a lot of amazing modders and tool creators that were working on that game. And I don't blame anybody for sticking with that title because there's so much fun that can be had with all the mods that were made. Next up, we have Gochaz says NBA 2K11, baby. Best ever. And uh, like we said last week, uh, a lot of people would agree with that. Yeah. I mean, that's a game that you and I need to connect on as well and get a few games in. I know that you warmed up to NBA 2K11 um, many years after it had come out. Yeah. Uh, I, you weren't a fan of it when it first came out uh, because it didn't have right stick dribbling, which you were or right stick triple threat that you were super comfortable with, with the NBA live series um, and whatnot. And then, you know, years later you put on NBA 2K11 and you liked it so much. You even started a roster mod project. Yeah, on it still, still lingering ideas there that I may still get back into modding that at some point. Uh, if nothing else, I'd like to do a a, a base roster uh, just that just adds some missing players to the the Jordan Challenge and put that out there. People, maybe people can use to, as a base for for their rosters. So no, I'd, I'd love to do that. And what, once you do get used to that old isomotion system, which uh, which I, I can go back and play that now. Uh, I still prefer right stick controls. Don't get me wrong, but I can work with the old controls now. Two uh, K Eleven is is just a a fantastic game. Uh, the authenticity in 2k11 the graphics just the overall gameplay like it's just it's a really fun game and uh, i don't blame anybody for sticking with that one either next up is dr funk 1984 uh says i've just been playing my team for nba 2k22 and 2k23 really uh, every now and then i would play hoops on nes or nba hang time on my arcade cabinet hang time is a game we've touched on briefly and we need to play that again because that was a really fun session we had but didn't you get hoops uh, from uh, from your missus on the NES for Christmas? I did. And I actually owned that game um, when I was younger as well. So it was nice to get it back and whatnot. And that game somehow is kind of addicting. Um, I posted some footage on it of me getting a chase down block. And just the overall controls on that game, you know, I think the game came out in like 1988. 
or something like that. The controls in that game are actually really fun. Like it's, it's fun to try to hit shots. It's fun to play defense and everything. And just the fact that you can actually get chase down blocks and it's satisfying in a game that came out in the late eighties, that's pretty impressive. Um, so when I first got it, I was, it was playing it and going one-on-one for a while and yeah, hoops is kind of underrated. I actually have that one as well on, on NES. That was one of the ones from the eighties that did come out in uh, power regions along with double dribble, for example, it it does it really reminds me of another game though that that came around around the same time. I think it might have been the same developers, same engine, if you will. Um, did, was it Ultimate Basketball, something like that, that has very similar gameplay? Do you know which one I'm talking about? It sounds very familiar. Yeah, I, I know what game you're talking about, but um, I can't I can't think of the name. But uh, no, I I played a bit of that one. That uh, we should connect on that one too, just to have some fun with. Yeah, I'd definitely love to upload some footage to the NLSC YouTube. He also mentioned um, NBA Hangtime, which. I stated on the last podcast is right up there with NBA Jam on Fire Edition as my favorite basketball arcade game of all time. And 2K22, 2K23, my team, obviously I've been playing NBA 2K23, my team, and I played some 2K22 on it as well. And I've warmed up to that mode over the last couple of years. And uh, in response to that, uh, NBA Live Girl Sports Game uh, said, I need to get back into the swing of things very soon. Uh, it's nice to see what everyone's enjoying. And yeah, I think these conversations are very fun to have, to just to see what everyone is playing and uh, just to share some experiences, which is obviously what we're trying to do here on the podcast every week. Yeah, she's a huge basketball gamer, and her and I were playing on Parsec for a while with me hosting. We played NCAA Basketball 10, NBA Live 10. Um, we played NBA Street Volume 2, and I uploaded those highlights and whatnot. But then... Um, she wanted to host. And at the time, Mac hosting on Parsec was kind of in its infancy. And there were issues with getting controls to work and everything like that. So we kind of hit a snag connecting um, because she wasn't able to host. So maybe the control situation has been ironed out and her and I can connect with her hosting because I know that she had a host of basketball games that she owns that she wanted to um, host during sessions. I did see a tweet from the official Parsec account mentioning something about better support for Max. I did see that too, yeah. And um, I'm going to have to connect with her and see if we can get a few games in and, and test that out. And uh, Dante Campana says, NBA 2K23, PS5, got tons of playing time due to my NBA eras. Also spent time with NBA 2K, the original, on Dreamcast. Uh, NBA Live 2004 on PS2, NBA Live 06 on 360, and the immortal NBA 2K14 for PS4. So definitely some classics there. And you know how I warmed up to Live 06 on 360. I mean, it's it's kind of shallow, but I mean, the gameplay was, at the even at the time, people said gameplay was pretty strong and the graphics were great for the era and everything. And that was impressive. It was the, the lack of depth that really cost the game. Outside of depth, I think the worst thing about NBA Live 06 is the camera views. Yes. Like the camera options. Uh, there's nothing that's zoomed out enough where you can have like, a good view of the action you and i connected on nba live 06 for 360 multiple times we actually had a lot of fun um i think playing the computer on the same team can be a blast and the gameplay is still so similar to nba live 06 for the ps2 that it can still be strong in that regard i think it's kind of underrated at this point to be honest with you and kind of kind of forgotten he mentioned some other great titles in there um the original NBA 2K, as you know, I've revisited that a bunch in 2022. Uh, 2022. And my pinned tweet on D for 3 Gaming on Twitter is NBA, the original NBA 2K gameplay. So 
I'm definitely fond of that game. A lot of memories uh, from playing that game when it was new and then even all the way up until recently. And yeah, he, he has very similar game tastes as you and I. And uh, our friend Mike, MP3, says, uh, honestly, I still love NBA Live 19 and played a lot of it early on in the year till the rosters kept glitching. I remember Mike talking about that, actually. And, and yeah, that's, <laughs> that's a turnoff. I was looking back at some of our old top 10 countdowns and there was a highlight that he submitted to me and I think it was number two play of the week that week during year one and it was him playing NBA Live 19 and hitting a game winner with Mike Conley and you can hear him after he hits the game winner because he's on the mic and he's like yes and he got all pumped up about it and I know that he loves his NBA Live and that he really enjoyed NBA Live 19 so it's cool that you know he's been sticking with that he deserves a new NBA Live to be completely honest with you he seems like such a great guy um, we've had many interactions with him and so I hope that you know at some point NBA Live comes back for him and for us all obviously but yeah certainly De- Mike has definitely been a great supporter of Live uh, over the years and, and was putting in those those great, those great hours into the game and updating it and putting all the work into the rosters and for ha- to have them glitch out, yeah, I can understand uh, not wanting to uh, to continue with that. Uh, Real House also replied to him and mentioned, hope we get something this year. It's been too long. Can't take another year with 2K. It's not for me. But, but he's also back on Live 19 uh, playing the court battles, which was kind of a fun mode. I had a bit of fun with that back in the day, but uh, I'd really prefer Franchise. Railhouse, if you're still listening to the podcast, get me a highlight. I miss your highlights in the top yes. 10. He used to have some amazing submissions from his individual sessions or when he was connecting with his buddies online. Um, he had some great co-op sessions and co-op highlights as a result. So, yeah, get me those highlights. And finally, uh, Big Perk, uh, Sweet Jones underscore OTF, played Live 19, 2K21, Danced with NCAA 10 on the 360, and last but not least, played NBA Live 09 with the FIBA teams. And and yeah, that, that's another bit of content that's uh, disappeared over the years. He also streamed NBA Jam on Fire Edition multiple times. I know, be late, I tuned in. So um, he was, I want to say he was on Twitch, and he was streaming Jam on and just having an absolute blast on it. Um, he seems to prefer... Uh, NBA 2K 21 through 23. And then when he's going back to the classics, it's usually arcade fun or early 2000s lives. And that's the way it is for a lot of people. If you noticed is the golden era of, of NBA live where it was still number one and whatnot in the early 2000s, people will usually, you know, they'll be revisiting lives from that era. And then when it comes to 2K, it's like just them playing the more the more recent games but i hear about more people revisiting nba lives from the early 2000s than nba 2ks from the early 2000s yeah with 2ks it's, it's probably more the early 2010s at this point right exactly i think yeah that's when you start because you don't really hear people talk too much at all about 2k6 through 2k9 but you still hear quite a bit of conversation uh from 2k10 and up so yeah i can see that i definitely agree I wonder if it is because of the accessibility of not having right stick controls. So people have gotten very used to that. And uh, I mean, that's definitely, I mean, speaking from experience, that's uh, that was always a problem with 2K with me. But yeah, I wonder if other people feel the same. It's very possible. That wasn't the reason why we stuck with NBA Live back then. I said it on last uh, last week's episode. The reason why we stuck with NBA Live as our primary title all the way up until Live 07, which when we switched, we switched to 2K at that point on 2k7 was because live had the depth that we wanted it had you know 
the the legends, the offline legends. Um, it had the deep franchise mode. Uh, it had like the atmosphere we wanted, like it, and it had that really fun, fast gameplay as well that we wanted. So like we created so many memories with those early NBA lives, and I don't think it really boiled down to like right stick dribbling or no right stick dribbling. It was more just like NBA Live, the culmination of everything. It had everything that we wanted. 2K6, of course, does have Charles Barkley. Charles Barkley is in NBA 2K6, and what a rare sighting. What a, I was say, what a, what a rare strange. random appearance for Chuck in that game. Yeah, you revisited 2K6 recently on the 360, and you had some fun. Yeah, no, it's definitely a game I'll probably would play a bit more, and uh, I do need to cover him way back Wednesday when I get back to the, the retrospectives, not just the uh, more esoteric topics, which I love doing, of course, but... Uh, uh, this year, one of my goals with Wayback Wednesday is to do some more retrospectives, written and video. Uh, it is, is, of course, the 30th anniversary of NBA Jam this year, so I've already covered the original. Probably will recircle back to it, but I am overdue to do a uh, retrospective of Jam 2010 and on Fire Edition, a proper full retrospective. So, uh, yeah, stay tuned in April when, it, when we get to the 30th anniversary. Yeah, that's going to be fun. going to be a lot of fun. But thank you to everybody who sent in those uh, responses. Sorry we couldn't get to them last week. Unfortunately, came in just a little bit too late, but we did want to circle back to them and, uh, yeah, read them out. And once again, Derek, people having a blast with basketball games in 2022, and we want that to continue in 2023. Absolutely. Please keep us posted on what you're playing, and we want to see your highlights. But that was last week's mailbag, so we have a new mailbag to get to this week, Derek. So why don't we go ahead and open it up? To the mailman. So as I stated in the tweet, NBA 2K11 was the first NBA 2K that had classic teams. And that was obviously the result of the Jordan Challenge. And the classic teams ranged from 85-86 to 97-98. And my question for the community was, there are nine players on those classic teams with no duplicates. Remember, we're not going to counter duplicates. Like, like there's going to be no like multiple Michael Jordans in this answer. There are nine players that are 90 overall and above. And I asked how many the community could name off the top of their head without cheating. And of course, while 2K11 did bring us the classic teams with the Jordan Challenge, wasn't the first uh, game to have classic teams. That was NBA Starting 5 2005, or classic NBA teams, not just Legends teams. Uh, that doesn't have the Jordan Challenge. It does have the Can You Enjoy This Gameplay Challenge, as we've talked about before. But yes, 2K11. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, we, we need to put that footage on YouTube at some point. Um, it'll be worth revisiting. Do we? I, I mean, <laughs> I, I think people need... Yeah, the, we the, do. We the do. people need to know, Derek. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so we probably will revisit that. But 2K11, obviously, such a landmark release for many reasons, including the Jordan Challenge, which, again, came back in uh, 2K23. And uh, yeah, got some uh, interesting responses. Yeah, so I'm going to quiz you first, and then we're going to get to their responses. So of course, yes. There's a 99 overall player, 96, 93, 92, 92, 91, 91, 90, and 90. And I'm not asking you to put them in order, but how many of these players can you name? So I'm going to say that uh, MJ is one of them, obviously. Uh, yep. Scotty Pippen? Correct. Carl Malone? Correct. Patrick Ewing? Incorrect. He's 89. Ooh, wow. Uh, Magic Johnson? Correct. Uh, Larry Bird? Correct. You got five of them right now. Uh, Kevin McHale? Nope. Uh, Gary Payton? Correct. That's six. Remember, three strikes are out. You only got one strike left. Uh, 
John Stockton might be lower than that, so I won't go. That won't. Go, that's not my guess. Um, I think Stockton was eighty-eight. Yeah, I was thinking just because of the lack of dunking athleticism probably brought the the overall down a little bit. Uh, Sean Kemp. Nope. Well, three strikes them out. Okay, so that was uh, six. So Kemp was eighty nine. So you got two. So those those were some really good guesses because you got two that were right on the fringe. Like they're they're eight two two eighty nine overalls. Yeah. So I'll I'll tell you the others. So the ones that you missed, and I don't think anybody in the community got this right. Uh, the ones that you missed were Clyde Drexler, of course, who yes. was ninety three overall. Yeah. Um, Isaiah Thomas. Mm, Zeke. Yeah. Ninety one. And um, Neek, 90. Drexler is higher overall than Magic Johnson. And I guess that makes sense because it's the 90-91 Magic. I know that he had just won the MVP uh, the previous year and whatnot. But he wasn't, even though his stats were amazing and he had just won an MVP, he wasn't technically in his prime age-wise. And then Drexler, 91-92, you know, that you be considered yeah i could say like that's the prime drexler and whatnot pippen is 92 overall on one of the bulls teams which is really high um but yeah i think it's easy to miss players in a quiz like this because you really have to like in your brain like be able to remember all of jordan's competition right Mm. like all the different teams and all the memorable games and all the important games and stuff like that and, and of course, some players are slightly lower than they perhaps should be because of the way the overall ratings are calculated, as we've said before. And, uh, and yeah, and, and looking at a couple of these responses, uh, people have been thinking of maybe 2K12 and onwards as well because they've, they've mentioned players who are not in the uh, in the Jordan Challenge. But yeah, as, as you say, you, you, you're drawn to those players because, oh, these are the great players in NBA history that should be rated high, but they're not in the game. Right, and maybe I should have clarified that in my tweet for people that didn't know that like it's the teams that were part of the Jordan Challenge that were added as classic teams in the game um, because it's pretty clear from the responses that not everybody knew that it was only Jordan Challenge teams. But at the same time, there were still a lot of good guesses. So let's get to those guesses. Uh, at uh, It's Mike at MC underscore 386. Uh, mentions MJ, Larry Bird, Magic Johnson. Uh, then mentions uh, Bill Russell, who was not in there. Uh, Isaiah Thomas, Dominic Wilkins, Hakeem, Dr. J, and Will Chamberlain. So he does get MJ, Bird, Magic, and uh, Isaiah, and Neek. Yeah. Yeah, he got five of them. And if he had known that it was only for the Jordan Challenge, he could have gotten even more. So, no, those are some great guesses. And obviously the players that he mentioned, like Bill Russell, Will Chamberlain, and everything, those are obviously great guesses if you're doing, like, all-time, all-time. Like saying that, like, like all eras were included. Next up we have Sweet Jones underscore OTF. And uh, Big Perk says MJ, Gary Payton, Penny, Patrick Ewing, Bird, Magic, David Robinson, Stockton, Malone, and Pippen. So obviously he chose a couple players that were not part of the Jordan Challenge that, you know, there were no, those players weren't on teams in that game, but he guessed Carl Malone in there and he had a few other correct guesses as well. So yeah, good attempt there. And uh, Nate, Nate Starshow, the Live 01 legend, says... Jordan, Magic, Bird, Hakeem, Drexler, Shaq, Ewing, Duncan, and Robinson. Yeah, so obviously the 97-98 Spurs or, you know, a younger David Robinson and whatnot wasn't in 2K11's classic teams. Um, Shaq wasn't in there uh, and whatnot. So, yeah, again, maybe I should have clarified when I sent the tweet for those who were not aware of how 2K11 worked with their classic teams, but he still had a couple of really good guesses in there. 
while the Jordan Challenge brought us those classic teams, and that's fantastic, it is a shame that we did lose the uh, the all-decade teams as a result because there's some leftover files for David Robinson and, and Hakeem and, and so forth in those in 2K11. They don't, they don't always have uh, the correct arm textures, unfortunately, although that can obviously be easily fixed with modding. But it's a shame that although it added content, we lost that. So it's nice that they have corrected course on that in, in years to come. Oh, yeah, 100%. And look how much they've beefed up the classic team, all-time team, content, etc. since then. Like, the, it's unbelievable how many players and teams are available in the newest 2K. One seemed un- impossible. One seemed like we'd never get it. something like that happened. So, yeah. yeah, it's very UBR-esque. Definitely. And I, I feel like um, Jow Sming and Leftos and whatnot, members of the NLSE community who now work for 2K, I'm sure they've... Um, made recommendations in relation to enhancements when it comes to you know things similar to ubr and urb oh definitely yeah next up we have ray uh, mj bird ewing malone drexler magic dominic pippen and Peyton. now that is super impressive so he got eight out of nine and he clearly um remembers nba 2k 11 and how the classic teams worked in that game uh he guessed ewing though who's 89 overall that was one of your guesses instead of isaiah thomas so isaiah thomas was over 90 overall i mean i feel patrick ewing had a an argument for be, to being not over 90 overall that was one of his best seasons the 95 campaign and and actually if you go back and play that that in the jordan challenge that 95 game he is an absolute beast patrick ewing in that uh, challenge so yeah it's uh, <laughs> you think he must be over 90 overall Right, and I love Dominique Cloakens, you know that. He's one of my favorite players of all time. But there can definitely be an argument made that Patrick Ewing should be above Neek or above Gary Payton, mm. etc., as far as overall when you're factoring in the seasons that we're discussing. And Ray also notes that he remembers that this was when 2K was still very harsh on overall ratings. Many bench players have an average of 50 to 65 overall range or so. And yeah, that, that was definitely the case back in the day. We've talked about that before, that these days... Even the uh, the lowliest bench warmer is still pushing 70 overall. Right, but I feel like in NBA 2K11, the way the game mechanics work and everything, you can still be effective with those low overall players. Like, I feel like, yeah, yeah, exactly. So, like, I, I feel like the gameplay is strong enough um, and the players play well enough overall where they can still be effective. And we have the other Live 01 legend, Roger Ward, says uh, the glove, Rain Man, Malone, Stockton, Bird, Wilkins, Clyde, Zoe, and Ewing. And again, a couple there that uh, were in uh, 2K12 but not 2K11. Yeah, um, that was also a good attempt. And I like some of his um, like random guesses, like Sean Kemp and, uh, and Alonzo Mourning. Like, those are excellent players. And you know, depending on the video game and whatnot, you could absolutely say, hey, those guys are 90 overall or above. I can't remember which trivia i had prior but alonzo morning was incredibly highly rated was that 2k9 was it i think it might have been it might have been no no it wasn't 2k9 i think it was further back i can't remember which game i'm gonna have to look back on three or something like that yeah it was something like that but yeah zoe was incredibly high rated that's right yeah next up we have intermediate difficulty pete good screen name (laughs) at it's whole good underscore on twitter uh jordan pippen malone stockton bird Magic, Zeke, Drexler, and Ewing. Ewing, again, being that uh, deceptive pick, I suppose, this time around. But he does get Zeke. Yeah, he got a bunch of them. I think he got about seven. Um, I think uh, Stockton and Ewing, obviously great guesses. Stockton is 88 overall. Um, They're 
can't really be an argument against Stockton having over a 90 overall, depending on what season we're talking about and everything. I mean, all-time steals leader, all-time assist leader, ridiculous numbers in so many different seasons of his career, shot a high percentage. One season, he shot like 57% from the field as, at the point guard position. So like, yeah, it's it, I can't argue with anybody who guesses Stockton or Ewing. Uh, Stephen Kelly says, Jordan, Magic, Bird, Olajuwon, Shaq, Mailman, Barkley, Pippen, Admiral, Isaiah, in that order. Uh, no, not in that order. And uh, yeah, Barkley's not in the game. Unfortunately. Well, if you if you were going 85 to 97 and you were doing that, not factoring in with like the teams that are in 2K11, you're just saying NBA from 85 to 97. Those are some damn or 98. Those are some damn good guesses. Oh, yeah. No, right. I definitely like agree. That, yeah. That, yeah, that could easily be like a top nine for 85 to 98. So, yeah, I give him credit there. And we head over to the Discord now uh, where Juicy Shackmeat answered uh, Jordan, Malone, Bird, Pippen, Ewing, Isaiah Thomas, Magic Johnson, Clyde Drexler, and John Stockton. Ewing and Stockton again. That's the trend here. Like people guessing Ewing and Stockton. You guessed Ewing. Um, I think you guessed Stockton as well. I, so, well, well, no, yeah, I, thought, nope. I, I was going to guess Stockton, but then I thought, no, he's probably going to be like 88, 89, which, as you said, 88. So, yeah. You were right, yeah. Yeah. So, um, I can't argue. Anyway. Then uh, I got it wrong anyway. But two, uh, yeah. two, two legends, yeah. You could definitely make that argument that he is, should be at least 90 based on his ranking amongst uh, all-time players and all-time point guards. But yeah, not not in 2K11. Yeah. Well, I, I just want to thank the community for all the responses each week. We got so many responses to the mailbag prompt that I put out on Twitter um, and on Discord and whatnot. You guys are engaged. You're having fun with the trivia. You're having fun sharing your stories in basketball gaming. And uh, we appreciate you um, more than you know. No, it's definitely a lot of fun, and people are really enjoying the uh, the quiz approach as well. So I'm glad you uh, brought that in last year. Yeah, I'll bring a, a different quiz next week, uh, and I'll try to connect with people in the community too um, over the next week on Parsec. With that being said, that has brought us to the end of this week's show. As always, we thank you for tuning in and invite you to join us again next week, either on the NLSC, nb-live.com, of course, our YouTube channel, or your podcast app of choice. In the meantime, please connect with us on social media thus we can get in touch with us and, of course, stay up to date with all of our content. So, Derek, go ahead and plug the handles. Hey, you can reach me on Twitter at D4-3G and at D4-3-84. And that's D-D-E-E, the number four, T-H-R-E-E. Uh, I realize that some people were putting in D4-3-F-O-R, and that's, that's not the way it reads. Uh, you can also reach me on the NLSC, D4-3, and on YouTube, D4-3. I am Andrew in our forum and Andrew NLSC on Twitter. The NLSC is on Twitter and Facebook at the NLSC. Our Instagram is NLSC Basketball. We're on YouTube at youtube.com slash Live Series Center. And of course, keep it locked to the NLSC itself, mb-live.com, for everything we do for basketball video games. So, thank you once again for tuning in. And until next time, I'm Andrew. And I'm Derek. Go get buckets, everyone. <laughs>